3: The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. This is the main event.
1: This is the main event. Mark's podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, a radio guy, cat dad, and the podcaster of Doom. I am Troy. And with me as my always God. is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling, now a shirt on our bonfire store, and the mean Get mark to my, to my Paul E. Dangerously, it's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'll have you know, sir. Uh, yeah, except you're not a ginger. And I don't know if you go around punching people in the heart.
2: Yeah, you're right. I should be the Jewish guy. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: the Jewish guy with a mullet.
2: Dude, think, the amount of mullets on this show, man. Good grief. Oh, hell yeah. Well, you know, like, this I is know like, uh, this is like mullet heaven right here, dude.
1: Exactly. And with Mean Mark, we get a ginger mullet, which is like <laughs> the epitome of mullets.
2: <laughs> ginger mullet.
1: Hell <laughs> yeah, man. <sighs> Uh, I I have some notes about. I mean, Mark obviously like anybody he's who knows, gonna
2: do nothing ever in his life.
1: Oh yeah, right. Uh, anybody who knows anything about wrestling will know who the hell he is and what he did and whatever. So
2: not necessarily. Maybe they didn't follow this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> dude. Can you imagine if like nobody knew about this and they they were like, oh, I'll, I'll watch this pay per view, check it out. And then they see this and they're like,
2: is that the Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the bad guy from uh Suburban Commando.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he kind of is, because I think that's uh that's he he did that while he was still in WCW, I believe.
2: Uh, I think it might have been right here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wonder if I, I didn't hear any stories with uh, uh Bruce Prichard when he was talking about them hiring the Undertaker. I don't remember him saying that Hogan pulled for him, but it's like, man, if I was a. Uh, I was mean Mark, I would have tried sucking up to Hulk Hogan while I was on the set. Like, hey, you think you can put in a good word to Vince for me? Not like he's exactly going anywhere here. And supposedly me, you might get bigger. <laughs> well, supposedly Oli Anderson told him uh he had zero use for mean mark. He didn't see him going anywhere. And, and... nobody
2: would ever pay to see him wrestle.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, huh. Well, Hi. Well, this was the same guy that told Ric Flair, well, you got you lost a Kurt Hennig on TV, what good are you to me now? <laughs> <laughs> Guy's a flipping moron, man. Like, damn. And, uh, Jim Ross, I think it was either Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone, or maybe both of them, complained about how flaky he was, where it's like, he just, he made it clear he didn't want to be there. And he's like, we well, quit. yeah, he's like, it's quitting time, I'm going home, whether you are or not. So, you know, finish your work. It's like, they'd be in the middle get of the booking stuff. Yeah, well, he had to he was like in charge of booking and stuff. And they're like, well, we kind of needed his approval and uh, and his input. And they're like, but he would just F and leave. It's like, well, five o'clock, peace. And they're like, you know, we still have like a lot of TV to write. Don't care. Go somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he said it was all up to uh, the, the, the booking committee. Basically, a lot of like Tony Schiavone and uh, Jim Ross did a lot of it because only just would peace out. (laughs) That's about it. You had messaged me that this was one of your favorite shows when you were younger and got all the feels watching it again. I don't have that same kind of connection with it. Obviously it was, you know, this was the year I was born. I honestly wasn't even born when this, when this show happened, but But you were a thought, right? Yeah, I was, I was close. I was, I was close to being born, but you know, it's give me a few months here, Uh, but either way, I watch it back, and I I don't know. I've seen it before, but I kind of forgot some of it. I really liked it, and I think Uncle Dave liked it, but I think I liked it a little bit more than he did, and other people reviewing it online, I think I I liked it better than they did even. So I think you and I will have uh, some similar opinions about this show, but yeah, this this is some of the best of the NWA back then, or WCW, whatever the hell you want to call them.
2: It was WCW, right?
1: Yeah, I think at this time, I think they were NWA WCW because, like, they officially took on the the WCW name when Turner bought them in '89, uh, but they hadn't quite dropped the WW uh, NWA yet. So effing confusing, man. <laughs> and then they still had the big gold belt, but then they had their own belt, and it was like, oh god.
2: It Was the international title? We mean we talking about?
1: Yeah. Hey, this is the NWA world title, but we're not going to call it that anymore. It's the international world heavyweight title, which just makes all the sense in the world.
2: Why do you say that sarcastically?
1: Yeah, because, you know, international doesn't mean the world.
2: A lot of times they call it the world international title. Yeah, I was just... yeah. it
1: yeah. makes no damn sense. That'd be like, uh, you know, the United. That'd be something like as, as dumb as saying like uh, the
2: United world tag St- team champions of the world.
1: Yeah, or the United States heavyweight champion of the world. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess you could kind of say it's like, well, it's the United States champion in the world. It's like, yeah, but there's only one United States. I don't know.
2: These, no, there's 50.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're You're not good about this. Yeah. <sighs> Either way. Uh, before we get into the news and notes, which we have a lot of, some of it is more pressing than uh, than others that we'll uh, dive into, but uh, well, the first thing we got is kind of a, a three, three-parter here. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. There's a bunch of different facets of it, but I do want to tell you all about the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. Whether their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that... Want a subtle and sleek-looking design? They also have fun T-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BellyUp at MullerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask. Let's be honest. All right, are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones. That'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're done with that. We're going to hop into our first break. As we mentioned, uh, go check out the Bonfire Store that we'll tell you more about in this break and some of our friends with podcasts as well. And on the other end of this, we'll get into the news and notes.
0: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: Get ready to rumble! dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks
3: by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus, and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But, I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckberg, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah!
1: The Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks. And we're back. We're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic-free, You probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At coffee brand coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles, Click on the link in the podcast description or go to CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use our special promo code Main Event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use the promo code Event to save 5% at checkout. Got anything cracking this week?
2: No, I'm just drinking bottled water.
1: All right, well, I'll hit you with it then.
2: Well, it's 5 Got o'clock the- somewhere.
1: Oh, yeah. Got the monster rocking this week, man. So, there you go. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew and Monster. Come at you like a spider monkey.
2: Not it's quite as, hop- hard. you know,
1: uh, Yeah, right. <laughs> not quite as hopped up as, uh, as Tony Khan.
2: Allegedly,
1: but you know, it's, it's up there.
2: You're gonna get in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, AEW fans don't respect classic wrestling. Man, come on. I kid. I, I
2: think there's some is classic.
1: Yeah, but anyway, uh, getting into the news and notes here. It's time. That
2: is correct. Whoa! Shut the fuck up, Dave.
3: Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> and oh, I am man. pulling from
1: the observer, so you know that <laughs> that may be true. Either way, uh, first out of the gate here, man. Stop me if you heard this one before. Ric Flair really wants out of his contract to jump to the WWF and face Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania.
2: Most of that's going to happen.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, and if it's going to happen, it's going to need to happen soon so that they can start promoting it. Yeah, how about that? Now, he's going to face the other guy, which, I mean, arguably, they had a much better match than he would have had with Hogan, but...
2: The other uh, guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I love Macho Man. He was my favorite. Like, I liked him more than I liked Hogan back in the day growing up. But uh, let's face it, Hogan was the guy.
2: Funny so, enough, on this show that we're about to review, Ric Flair faces the other guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Well, the whole thing is in the hands of Jim Hurd. On one hand, Ric Flair is synonymous with the NWA. But on the other hand, he makes the most money in the whole promotion. And they're already, or they already let the Road Warriors go months earlier to unload their big-budget contracts. So there's a precedent here. Also, losing the Road Warriors hasn't hurt the Gates at all. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're doing gangbusters business. Uh, Ric Flair's contract is reportedly between $550,000 and $750,000 per year. And right or wrong, they no longer want him to be the top guy in the company. So that's, that's a lot of money to be paying for someone who you want in the mid card. It's nice to have the best wrestler in the world on the show to have great matches, but if he's not drawing, is it really worth half a million dollars per year? Especially if Sting is the guy who's supposed to be carrying the shows. The other side of the coin is that the Road Warriors estimate that they're getting out of their lucrative NWA contracts and it will cost them $100,000 this year. Uh, but they had so much heat with Herd that they had to make the jump to keep from getting stale. Yeah, keep from getting stale. Go hang out with a dummy. And Rocco. Anyway. That was way later. I know. It was like, what, 92? Yep. Well, either way. Um, yeah, so I, I don't remember. Were the Road Warriors in WWF in 1990?
2: Uh, I think they debuted. The, uh...
1: they, they must have, because I remember reading something they about it. They
2: were at it. WrestleMania 7, 1991, so they were there earlier.
1: Oh, okay. So. Or Yeah, this yeah is I they think they remember. were there yeah. 90,
2: yeah. Okay. I think they were at SummerSlam that year. They did a running, in be sure. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, uh, yep, WWF, 1990. They popped up in June. Okay. They, that is true, what they were saying. They are like, well, if you don't want him to be a top guy, and if he's not drawing, why are you going to pay him more than anybody else in the company, other than the fact that he's good in the ring? So, I don't know. If, if you have to put any logic to it, I guess that's somewhat logical but nobody was drawing at this point. So I don't think anybody really justified their salary at this point.
2: Didn't draw a dime. Those guys never drew a dime.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... As far as
2: all the dimes he drew. Huh? Exactly. Was he involved in this at that time? Uh,
1: I'm going to say yes. He maybe. Had something hand, something. Oh, well, if you ask him, I'm sure he did. But yeah. He was still he actually he was still a wrestler until 92 and then he became an agent for WCW. So, oh, yeah, maybe he was uh, jobbing in some territory somewhere. Furthering on with this, though, the NWA money is guaranteed and the WWF money is not. Case in point, Rick Rude tore his tricep when he came back two weeks er, and he came back two weeks later because Vince McMahon wouldn't pay him while he was gone. Not only that, but Vince advertised him as appearing while he was gone and made money off of his name, which proved to be a catalyst for him leaving the company on bad terms. Also, while Paul Orndorff might have been making $20,000 per week in 1986 working with Hulk Hogan, that was when Hogan was willing to work a full schedule and even do double shots to make as much money as possible. Now, Hogan is set for life and contemplating retirement, and he's not likely to go on the road with Flair five days a week. Also, the Ultimate Warrior isn't drawing $20,000 a week with Flair. I mean, yeah. It's like, did Rick Flair ever face the Ultimate Warrior? I don't remember that.
2: Not in any big-time thing, so...
1: Yeah, I certainly don't remember it. Uh, so...
2: Oh, when Flair yeah. was there, Warrior was gone. Oh, they, oh, you know, he was going to. The Warrior left at the end of 1992. They were going to face all of the tag matches the our series. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... That wasn't really a thing. Yeah, none of this comes to fruition. Like, you and I talked about it. it. was like, you know, the big money marquee match everybody's been talking about for years. We've been building up Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And Hulk Hogan, or it's going to be uh, Hulk Hogan and Sid, Macho Man, and Ric Flair. What about Sid? Yeah. you got to throw that in there. Like, if Sid was going to go heel anyway, I realized that Hogan, like I mentioned, was the guy. Why don't you throw him in with Macho? He needed a program for Macho Man since he was going to be the baby face anyway. Yeah, it would have been a completely different feud, but I don't understand Vince McMahon willingly leaving money on the table with Flair and Hogan. I just don't get it. And the other thing there's
2: like been a hundred stories over the years. Yeah. Well that was the one I the one I I find the hardest to believe is all the matches sucked at house shows. You don't think people still would have paid to see that on national scale?
1: Right. Yeah, you advertise that at WrestleMania, you build it up, the real world's champion, the WWF champion and all that, you know, the, the Big build-up there, man. Like, And that's the way that it looked like it was heading forever. And for as much crap as we give WCW for completely fumbling Bret Hart, which I don't understand, uh, at least when they got Hulk Hogan in, they're like, you're facing Ric Flair, like, now. <laughs> <laughs> like, they wasted no time with that. Of course, then they drove it into the damn ground, but still. They also... Uh, well, first, I they feel got like that they out
2: faced off at least once a year the entire run there, at yeah, least. Right?
1: But uh, of course, they put him in a program with uh, Macho Man as well, and that went on for years and years and years. But still, it was always Flair and Hogan, man. But the Great American Bash pay-per-view card is being changed around at the last minute, with Mike Rotunda now scheduled to face the Iron Sheik. Sheik is missing all of his bookings thus far, which he, uh, which uh, Uncle Dave takes as a good sign.
2: How's that a good sign?
1: I think he was hoping he would miss this one, too. (laughs) I missed that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This had to have been during the time, because this is the only time I remember him being there. Jim Cornette talking about the way contracts were uh, structured in WCW was if you didn't, like, actually ask for a release, they didn't release you from a contract or whatever, it automatically rolled over every year. So you just got another year-long contract. And they freaking forgot... They, like sheet sucked so bad, and he was so out of shape, they just sent his ass home. And forgot about him.
2: It was end of the funny, year, most of him looked good, but there's only one part that was out of shape, if you know, it's in this match that we're going to talk about. Yeah. He looks rebuilt, built. he's got, like, granddad's beard cut. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. I will say, though, his arms, I was like, I know he's, like, he is strong, but looking, it's not like he's got these gigantic arms, you know?
2: Well, you know, neither does Cesaro, to be fair.
1: Yeah, that's true. He's just such an effing man. But, uh, yeah, I don't, What's I don't you know. Like, to me. Good God. Yeah, but yeah, Cornette said they literally sent him home, forgot about him. And they were like, crap, we, his contract rolled over. We forgot to release him. And they were like, oh, damn it. Since we're paying him so much money, just bring him back on the road. <laughs> and so they that happened because they're idiots. So they brought him back. He still sucked. So they sent him back home again. Like, good grief. Like, you know, they could have uh, had him as a manager, like uh, what WWF just did with him. I mean, I, he did wrestle, um, but.
2: Oh, he's about to go be a manager.
1: Wait, uh, was WrestleMania. Se- oh, yeah, Seven was in 91. My bad. Yeah. So. He's
2: only part manager, by the way, because he wrestled occasionally too. Right.
1: I mean, why not? not Like he would be a good mouthpiece, but it's like he could be a good bumping manager. You know,
2: I, I disagree. I think he'd be a phenomenal mouthpiece. <laughs> uh,
1: he'd be hilarious. If just like his promos are incoherent, but <laughs> he he could come in, spit a few Monday
2: lines. Day, several like some of that Hogan.
1: I break his back, f, That's f- and make him humble. A real tweet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he always talk about screwing him in the ass and breaking his back? Like,
2: good no, God, but, man. Have you noticed, by the way, he leaves caps on. He's like on caps lock lock. <laughs> of course. <laughs> at, this he point, even at, me. <laughs> at
1: this point, I'm thinking he just has somebody handling his social media for him. And he just like spits out a bunch of like incoherent crap. And they're like, that's gold. I, I, and they I
2: really it. feel like he's just like uh, he learned how to do like the speak thing. And he speaks into it. <laughs> yeah. And then like the way he yells the phone is like so smart. He knows to just put all caps. That's what I think good grief
1: (laughs) ah that'd be weird but either way uh yeah so Sheiky Baby is still employed how why well because they're idiots
2: well who's gonna have the balls to go fire him in his face
1: yeah I don't know somebody he likes but oh well you know they could pull an Eric Bischoff just send him a FedEx damn
2: that might be the smartest thing to do
1: yeah right Uh, The Samoans are booked for a program with the Steiners right away, but on the other hand, they might be fired already. The answer was yes, of course. They were indeed fired. Why? Uh, Probably just trying to save money. I don't know. So, uh, a lot of people were released from their contract during this point. Don't worry, that
2: Samoans-Steiners match would happen at WrestleMania 9, now in the archives, by the
1: way. Yeah. I don't know when the hell they actually popped up in WWF. Uh, the Samoan SWAT team... 1992, I want say? Well, no, I guess this was right, yeah. after They weren't in either company. So after leaving WCW in the summer of 1990, the Samoan SWAT team worked for a number of independent promotions in the United States, Europe, Mexico, and Japan, often, well, teaming, you know. with, often teaming up with family member Rodney and Hawaii, who competed as Coquina Maximus. If anybody knows... Which
2: you may not know, that's... You're
1: that is correct. Yes. Got one in. Anyway. Uh, so. Good Lord. This story.
2: After splitting.
1: <laughs>
2: after it's splitting already open, a great lead in. Sorry.
1: Of course. After splitting open the head of some poor guy at the WCW TV tapings a couple of weeks back, Stan Hansen managed to fracture the skull of jobber David Riordan uh, at this week's TV tapings. Cool. And
2: a tiny winger.
1: Yeah. So he busts some dude wide open hard way, and then he literally fractures a dude's skull the next time.
2: Good God, man! The original John Moxley.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, furthermore, Stan Hansen got kayfabe suspended for abusing a referee and sent back to Japan for thirty days. He then did a classic nutty interview where he accidentally whacked himself in the shin with his own cowbell and then choked on his chewing tobacco. Gotta have more counsel. Uh But he recovered and finished the interview. They actually did let it air because it was still great. Hansen's even potatoing himself at this point, man. Were contacts not a thing in, the, in 1990? Pretty sure they were. I, I don't, don't know. That. Yeah, like, I know my mom had contacts in the early 90s. Like, that had to have been a, a thing. Because he said he was pretty much blind, which is why he potatoed people all the time, because he had no depth perception. Dude, get contacts, man! The hell is wrong with you? That's the that's hell is exactly... wrong with you.
2: You don't know what's wrong with Sand Hansen, huh?
1: <laughs> he's got a he's got the big fat wife and a bunch of kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. He said that in a promo. I didn't make that up. I'm not insulting anybody. No, By the way, <laughs> his wife was a little Japanese lady, so no, he did not have a big fat wife at home either way
2: kenny olivia uh, is like that's how you do it in his phone sex voice <sighs> that's how you do it what the hell uh, little... when he says that no he says kenny <laughs> olivia has a phone sex voice
1: <laughs> not totally wrong well i was gonna say a, a little uh, a little japanese wife at home uh that, uh, that carl anderson approves <laughs> So, despite trying to unload all the expensive contracts, Jim Hurd still won't give Eddie Gilbert his release for whatever oh, reason. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: Government name, please.
1: Oh, yeah. It says it on his, uh, on his driver's license. It says, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: It, first name, Hot Stuff. Last name, Gilbert. Middle initial, E.
2: <sighs> now you get God. it. Now you get it. I like that. Now you're getting it. Yeah.
1: Gilbert, comma, Hot Stuff. <laughs> Either way, yeah, uh, Really, it's like gotta hold on to hot stuff. Eddie Gilbert in nineteen ninety. Man, we can't can't let him go to the competition. Like really, that's that's never, the one you're holding he never on to. No, I don't think he ever popped up in WWF. I could be wrong. Maybe he did some uh, did some jobs there, but I highly doubt it. I know there's a lot of uh, let's see, Wild Samoans versus Eddie Gilbert and Kurt Hennig. So okay, the fact that they're calling him Kurt Hennig. Uh, this means this was a job match.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, when he first came in, I think he was just handing. I believe I, I could tell you in the world War rumble 1890, Jesse Ventura called him Kurt Hennig multiple times. Wow. So yeah. I don't know how that works there.
1: Yeah, so he did. He did do some jobs for W. Like he would pop up. Uh, I know he was in the WWF like in the mid eighties for a couple matches here and there. Uh, yeah, some job matches like where he was actually beating a jobber. He was not the jobber, so. Well, he didn't really stick around, and, uh, and obviously by the, by the early 90s, he was jobbing himself. So, there's another way you can tell him and Kurt were the jobbers. They're in trunks and ring jackets, and that's it. That's like... Uh, oh, Derek, like,
2: that, that could be like their whole thing.
1: Yeah, right. That's like on uh, uh, Star Trek. If you're wearing a red shirt, you're dead. <sighs> anyway, Sting made his big return at house shows in Detroit and a few other places and immediately failed to move the needle whatsoever. Uncle Dave points out that really he was never allowed to be gone in the first place. So what exactly was special about seeing him come back again? I mean, he's not totally wrong. Because I don't think he was really off TV when he was hurt, was he? At least not uh, wrong.
2: he he was there. He was at a couple of events with his knee in a brace, I believe.
1: Yeah. So it's not like this was a big oh, we haven't seen Sting in forever. It's like, eh, he's been there. This was just like his return to the ring. I don't know. Terry Gordy and Steve Williams are trying to get back into WCW as a team, but they're asking for $1,000 each per match. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jim Hurd isn't biting on that one because, realistically, the audience they play to has already forgotten both guys, and it would take weeks to get them over enough to justify that kind of money anyway. Uh, That's kind of (laughs) rough. I mean, I don't know if he's wrong here. What show was it that they came back as, like, the Japanese tag team?
2: I think we did do it, though, right? It's in archives. We
1: did. Yeah, it's in the archives. I just not remember what show it was.
2: I remember talking about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was one of the beach shows. Okay, so, yeah, it was after this. So, no, Herd did not hire them. It must have been uh, Bill Watts, which...
2: That place. Uh, <laughs> that place. UWF, right? Yeah, well, it was... Uh, the the, well, the fake UWF, not the real one that Herb Abrams did.
1: My God, uh, no! This was uh, right before. This was like early '90s after Hurd got fired. Watts took over, and because uh, I remember Jesse Ventura was at that show oh, actually. Off. But I mean, it makes sense because Gordy's a good old Southern boy, and you know where Steve Williams is from. So,
2: Yep, <laughs> graduate of the Universal, University of Oklahoma. Bo.
1: Oh yeah, got to get it all in uh one guy who will take jim Hurd's low ball money offer is terry taylor and he'll start in september
2: <laughs> oh hell i gotta be a rooster take a couple hundred grand off i don't care
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come back and work you gotta take that rooster hair down like whatever just, just pay me whatever call me tailor made man i don't give a damn
2: oh whoa whoa hey. he was just terry taylor, taylor at first terrific taylor yeah. taylor. He, you don't just get to be tailor made man you gotta earn that uh,
1: yeah, you got to work up to that. That was, that was good stuff, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man.
1: That guy was screwed. Norman the From Lunatic,
2: Street, dude.
1: <laughs> Norman the Lunatic was indeed reintroduced as Trucker Norman for TV in an oddly pointless repackaging.
2: No. I've never in my life heard a pointless repackaging in the history of pro wrestling. Have you?
1: Exactly. No. Uh, they're, they're all great.
2: I mean, I, if I need to repackage, I think money. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, I don't want to step on my own joke here, but I think of people like Ron Simmons. That was a really good repackaging from Peruka Assad.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, any any repackaging involving Norman the Lunatic is going to be bad. <sighs> yeah. Is this when they
2: truck made truck. him into the uh, Oh, the trucker guy? Uh, yeah. That's, it's, you know, the handicapped guy, yeah.
1: He's not a lunatic anymore. Now he's a trucker. It's like
2: what? What the fuck? Sullivan?
1: Now, it was supposed to be Jim heard, but <laughs> I don't think Sullivan was here yet. But man, what the f- really? Everything involving him just sucked. I know. I I'm just stating the obvious all over the place here, but
2: some people just have that appeal of certain people.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Oh, we got to keep giving him a job. He'll draw the house. Uh
2: and you're about to let the biggest draw in your history walk.
1: <laughs> yep. Holly Anderson desperately wants to fire Missy Hyatt, but Jim Hurd wants her on the show for ratings, so she'll still be on the show.
2: Wow. I bet that's why you wanted her on there, okay.
1: Yeah. Not for uh, her assets. Like, really? For ratings? Who the hell is tuning in to WCW? Because they're like, oh, i got to see if Missy Hyatt's on. First. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, really?
2: Well, I mean, she was on every show. She was a familiar face, to be fair.
1: Yeah, but it's like, really? For, for ratings? Give me a break.
2: I'm not trying to justify I'm just giving you what I think is the reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was there. She was, uh, I mean, I guess she was good at being the ditzy blonde, but why does that have to be on every show? I don't think anybody gave a damn. Why not? Yeah, I guess so.
2: You know, I don't even know why I talk to you. You don't get stuff, dude. You're stupid.
1: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of stupid, WCW debuted in Toronto on June
2: 27th with
1: yet another title match that wasn't a title match in the main event as Lex Luger pinned Ric Flair in 20 minutes. The best part was the newspaper ads for the show. It was listed as U.S. champion R.I.C.K. Flair versus world champion Lex Luger.
2: Uh, L o o g e r,
1: yeah, right. With get this with vicious Sid in Luger's corner, <laughs> and Sting in Flair's corner. Vicious Sid, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think not. But neither Sid nor Sting was at the show. Also appearing, the Steiner Brothers, S t i n e r, Steiner, uh, and they took on Dune One. D-O-O-N, the number one. Okay. okay. Uh,
2: with Manager Long. Right. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> I was wondering what the hell you meant by Dune 1. It just dawned on know. You said Long.
1: Yeah, okay. right. Plus, a match advertised as Johnny Ace versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Both of those guys are in Japan hey, at this time.
2: You got fire in your head. Cowabunga, dude.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll oil your, your flame head for you. Cowabunga.
2: Don't say anything hey, racist. I know you yet. drive motorcycles. Gotta be on my, my, my skipper behind you sketching? <laughs> Good God. Hey, Bam Bam,
1: I heard you don't like Mexicans, but you like guys that look like me. Cal <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good God.
3: Allegedly.
2: Yeah,
1: so. Good grief.
2: Oh, we're gonna get in trouble. <laughs>
1: Well, add to the list of non-title bait-and-switches by WCW, the Steiner Brothers beat Doom yeah, clean. That is
2: a list. Yeah.
1: Well, the Steiner Brothers beat Doom clean at a house show in what was advertised as a tag titles match, and then they simply announced afterwards that it was non-title.
2: I've seen this a couple of times on on TV. So For Almost stupid. every company.
1: Uh, oh, this is a title match, and then the other guy wins. Oh, you know, it, we lied.
2: Like, what? I've also seen it in WCW, too, uh... Was it 2000 1999? It might have been ninety nine. Goldberg beats uh, Sting in Halloween Havoc, ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Wins the world title the next night Sting comes out and says, I never said it was for the title. Oh good God. So dumb. I'm
1: yeah.
2: gonna go ahead and say that's a Sullivan thing.
1: it uh, could be. Uh, like I said, well, right here, he's I don't think he's actually here in WCW at this time, so maybe well, he I looked just it up carried it, and it over. Said,
2: I, I was just curious, I wanted to see if he was doing it, but it said it was by committee, it was Sullivan hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, Jim Ross, oh,
1: so, and, oh. uh... So still on, let me see if part could, of the booking committee?
2: Yeah, let me see if we can find it again. I, probably, I pulled it up when I was watching the show. Hold on. Gotcha.
1: Uh, where is it? Because I know they had a committee. Uh, Jim Ross was a part of it. Tony Giovanni said he was in and out of it.
2: CW 14, I know
1: he, he helped write for TV. I don't 19. know if he was actually part of the committee.
2: It says on here, and this is just uh, something someone posted, so don't hold me to it. <laughs> Rick Flair, Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, Kevin Sullivan, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. See how I, I remember the hot stuff? By the way, you should be ashamed. But yeah,
1: I've I've heard all of those names batted around at different times. It just it's it's hard to know who was who was in at what time because like it was a damn revolving door, and hurt egos and everything else, and uh, they just said yeah. like uh, Rick Flair was pretty. Uh, I mean. It's easy to tell, and everybody kind of admits it. Ric Flair's kind of flighty and ADD, so he's not good at, you know, doing this kind of stuff. Like He's not a booker. So I remember, uh, supposedly, he was the one that fired uh, Polly dangerously, though. Do you ever hear about that one?
2: Masterful decision.
1: Yeah, he's just like, apparently him and, him and uh, Heyman just did not get along, and Heyman was following down the hallway bitching about something, and he's like, you know what? You're fired. Just get out. And uh Heyman like I'm gonna go start ECW, sir. <laughs> and I guess Heyman waited and like it, he like stood there in shock. And Flair like walked into the the booking committee room and closed the door. Like Heyman picked up a trash can and whipped it at the door and then stormed out. oh man. Yeah, it's like man, what did that door do, you, do to you, man? Asshole. Anyway, getting into the WWF side of things here. As if Summerslam already near, uh, already nearing a three hundred twenty thousand dollars sellout isn't shocking enough. WrestleMania sevens advance now sits at a whopping $800,000. They're certainly going to sell out the LA Coliseum with no problems. <clears> as <throat> long as nothing crazy happens. <clears throat>
2: well, well, yeah, I was wondering we were going to get that in this week. Cause you had any BS yet. Well, weird.
1: Yeah, uh, not quite, but that, uh, yeah. And then, uh, as far as reporting on them going to the LA Coliseum, that's something you can't blame. Uh, like, you know, "quote unquote" journalists real or fake about because, I mean, they were supposed to. Then at the last minute, they're like, "Ah, you know what? Never mind."
2: I did not think it was like supposed to. I think they already had booked. It was all done, right? Right. So it wasn't yeah. supposed to. It was more much of a luck.
1: And it was uh, well, they claim, and Bruce Pritchard still maintains this today. But then again, he's you know he's always a WWE shill, so you know whatever. But for obvious reasons, but you know he said, Movie "Well, too, it,
2: it, you got that check,
1: right?" He was like, oh, well, you know, it, it was 100% because of, you know, security concerns. It was all about that. It's like, mm, I mean, I believe that a good portion of it probably The was. fact that the
2: Super Bowl had the same problem that year, I, that's why I can believe part of it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not doubting that was a, a good portion of it or a good chunk of it. But uh, they weren't going to fill it. Like the way that the, the ticket projection why, was
2: going. Why was it not Hogan Warrior 2? That's what's beyond me. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. It was weird. It's a recurring theme with WWE at WrestleMania this era. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. And it involved like some a lot of the same players. But yeah, this I don't know. They were not gonna. They were not gonna sell it out. And Pritchard claims oh, that had nothing to do with it. Like really, it didn't. Like there's no way Vince wanted to walk into the LA Coliseum and like only have it like half or even you know. Uh, I don't know, two-thirds full. And it is or,
2: crazy to me that they could probably fill that thing now and they're, pro- they're probably never going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you feel I'd be jerry- really shocked. That's already a high in probability. In a row.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd be really shocked if they couldn't fill it today, to be honest with you. Much as people, you know, love to cry and bitch about it. You know, they sell out damn near everywhere they go, especially like the the bigger. I'd say Roman
2: Reigns versus CM Punk to do it, but I think they could do it.
1: Well, hey, they had uh, at this last one, it was, or uh, not the last one, two years ago, they had uh, Stone Cold, you know, coming back, whatever, and a couple other pretty big-ass things. But I think they could do it, man, uh, with with uh, their numbers in the last few years with big stadium shows. I mean, it, it, it would be the smart money to not bet against them.
2: Well, the fact that uh, three of their annual pay-reviews are now in stadiums is telling tonight. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah, and uh, they just sold out in Puerto Rico and all this other stuff. So
2: yeah, I was thinking about that. You guys have five international shows this year that are probably going to sell out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's about time, man. I mean, they they are the they are world wrestling entertainment, and they're always trying to push their international status.
2: So they need to go back to Puerto Rico ASAP because that crowd was amazing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they pulled out every you know oh, last every, night uh, in North in the
2: book. Carolina. It was pretty hot too. Yeah. And I believe our boy Grandi was there along with his Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Shout out to uh, uh, Curtin Jerkin, Mr. Jacob Grandi, uh, former guest on the show.
2: And if you're wondering why I didn't reply to you, I didn't want to bother you during the show. That, that is why. Yeah, right.
1: Well, Hulk Hogan will be making some sort of commando action flick in November, which isn't great. <laughs> which we just mentioned. Which, I know, right? uh, Not rehearsed. Uh, which isn't great news. For WWF's. I think it shows.
2: Yeah.
1: Which isn't great news for WWF's house show receipts in the fall. So there you go. Yeah, They always said when Hogan was on house shows it, business did great. When Hogan was not on the house shows nobody cared. Hmm. And this hmm. was during the time. I didn't realize go this finger. was the yeah right. I didn't realize this was the time until I was reading a story about it but um, they were so popular at this time because they used to have the the a team the b team and then for a while they had a c team for how shows going out there and apparently the c team went through um
2: who, uh, was, who was that like uh bo- tugboat
1: <laughs> well i guess the c the c show went through san jose so uncle dave went and he said on top was like beefcake and valentine i,
2: knew I, it I think i knew it
1: yeah of course
2: I just went with uh, Tugboat because he was like his top buddy on TV at that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think he said it was uh, it, w- it was Beefcake and somebody. Uh, I want to say it was Valentine. You no, know, Bravo. Yeah, I'm. Pr- well, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Greg the Hammer, but uh, either way. Uh, somebody yeah, that said- could
2: carry him. Okay,
1: huh? Right. And he said the whole show sucked. I mean, you doubt it.
2: Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't doubt it, but he also has given some questionable five stars to questionable uh, matches so uh, hard to take when he says sucks you know?
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know it uh well it's considering it's the C show probably not good but you know either way uh, Jesse Ventura went on a sports radio show this week and pretty much said outright that his contract expires soon and negotiations were not going well with with the WWF he's expected to be out of the announcer position soon yeah that
2: happens Uh yeah
1: I don't know how soon. I, I know he... When
2: is this? He, this is July. Um, he's at WrestleMania 6 for sure. He's not at the Ferrari Series. SummerSlam 90. He might be at SummerSlam 90. So it's coming very soon, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know he's there. Pretty sure he's there in 91 uh, in WCW. I mean, god dang it, pronouns, pal. Because I know he announces with... Um, <laughs> is Haku WCW
2: a pronoun? I guess. I guess you can, guess you can make it one. quick.
1: Yeah. He was there with, uh, he, he announced with Jim Super Ross for fun a bit. and
2: so. educational.
1: Exactly. He announced with Jim Ross for a while, so. So, another legend here. Classy Freddie Blassie did an, uh, was in intensive care all last week after a heart attack, but he managed to recover, and Vince McMahon held a big party for him at WWF HQ when he returned. Wow. I wonder if, I wonder if he called anybody a pencil neck geek.
2: Yeah, Vince himself.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, Ted DiBiase did a series of skits in Cobb County, Georgia, to build up the boss, Big Boss Man feud. All of the people that he talked to were legit friends or relatives of Ray Trailer. <laughs> yeah, was this? When was- I remember this. Boss Man was a babyface
2: at the time. I think he was—he was just becoming one, or he just became one. He was like, you know, it's like getting over more. He tried to buy yeah. uh, Ted DiBiase. Pronouns, pal. No? DiBiase tried to buy him, and he wouldn't take his money.
1: Yeah. yeah oh i re- wasn't there one where uh, wasn't the whole thing about like jake had stuffed his title or a title or whatever in the snake bag and debiase yeah. told Bossman to pull it out and he said no not for any i don't remember money.
2: that part but i remember them stuffing the, the title in the bag yeah
1: yeah like yeah Virgil, would going you yeah. do it yeah i th- i thought that was it it might have been virgil i don't remember but i might be getting storylines confused <laughs> But, yeah, I remember uh, Pritchard talking about the skits where he said, yeah, they, they found people that legitimately knew him uh, down there. And he said everybody you talked to about the actual man down there had nothing but nice stuff to say about him. And, like, everybody who knew him loved him.
2: Have you ever heard a bad word about that guy?
1: No, nah, everybody loved him. He wasn't one of them that left behind a, a bad legacy or nothing. Like uh, like you said, like, everybody uh, uh, everybody had something nice to say about him. <laughs> This is a uh, out of left field, but John Nord is still ninety nine percent assured of starting on the same TV tapings as Carrie Von Eric. Oh man, you got Carrie Von Eric and the Berserker.
2: He'll yeah. start as the Viking.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you mean the uh, the wannabe Bruiser Brody in a helmet? Got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Japan. New Japan pro wrestling headlined it with a Steve Williams versus Bam Bam Bigelow match on June 26th, but neither guy would agree to do the job. So they lifted the Hogan warrior clothesline spot and did a double knockout finish instead. Then afterwards they shook hands and decided to team up. So it's not even going to lead to a blow off. Good God.
2: Yeah, they definitely had some pull.
1: Oddly enough in Japan, they kind of did. But that's about the only place they did. And why? Freaking Japanese people loved them. Some big-ass white boy Americans, man. That's why the LOD was big over there. The Steiners were big. Hansen. Uh... Scott Norton. Who? Oh, yeah, Scott, Scott Norton. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Almost left him off.
2: How dare you? That's like, that's like leaving God off.
1: Yeah, he is a big-ass legend to the point of where, uh, like, big in multiple ways... To the point of where they still book him to this day. <laughs> like they'll put him on they'll put him in like battle royals and multi-man tag matches and crap. <sighs> so there are more politics with the Road Warriors as they had agreed to work a bunch of dates for both in or for both groups in Japan before signing WWF deals, and ended up being allowed six dates by the WWF. So Giant Baba met with Sakaguchi and worked a deal where New Japan could have them exclusively for those six shows but they wouldn't be allowed to air those matches on TV. This was apparently a concession as a result of a similar deal on the other way for a Stan Hansen match. That's another one. Oh, man. Another
2: Stan mission of a tiny winger.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but Hawk was actually going to skip the tour. But then New Japan told him that they were going to put Animal together in a new super team with Big Van Vader. And suddenly Hawk decided to come for the tour after all. Oh, well, you can't let Vader upstage you. (laughs) That's another big-ass white American boy that they put over in Japan. Almost forgot about him, too.
2: We'll talk about him later.
1: Yeah, right. (sighs) This guy. Koji Katao is making friends all (laughs) over. Koji (laughs) Katao is making friends all over as he feels that, since he's a celebrity, that he shouldn't be doing jobs. Like, at all. Also, he feels that he should be only wrestling Americans because the fans won't care if he has crappy matches because they'd expect it. That's a great attitude to have. I
2: I mean, I get it. It's hard to argue, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, to anybody who doesn't know who Koji Katao is, we talked about him on another uh, podcast where the infamous thing with John Tenta actually happened with him. So he's a quote unquote celebrity over there because he was a big time sumo wrestler. And uh, sumo champion and all that that became a pro wrestler. And he faced John Tenta, who is another former uh, sumo wrestler. Another
2: big white guy that they like over there. But I didn't say American because he's not American. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he's Canadian. Uh, well, they faced off and Kato didn't like the fact that he was supposed to lose to him. Didn't feel like he should. You know, as I just mentioned, he didn't want to do any jobs. So he started shooting on him and tried to, like, pluck his damn eye out. But luckily, John Tenta, you know, did sumo and knew how to defend himself. And
2: Pretty large man. I think he probably should shoot him off like a fly.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, Katow is another sumo champion. So both of them were pretty big ass dudes. Uh, but either way, uh, it, you know, he let it go at first. But then when he kept doing it, Tenta was like, what the F is your problem, man? And then on his way out, Katow, like basically Katow bailed out of the ring, got on the mic and said and uh, told everybody wrestling is fake. I'm supposed to lose to this guy, but F that. And. He stormed out. And that was the end of Koji Katao. Oh,
2: so, wow, I can't believe it.
1: Yeah. Good stuff there. That's
2: like the old Mansfield. Yeah.
1: That's the only thing anybody really knows about that guy is that incident right there.
2: <sighs> well, the fact that we're talking about it right now means he got his point across.
1: Yep. But, hey, uh, I think he kind of screwed himself out of any future paydays.
2: That's like guy. a religion in to Japan, too. So you kind of dug a grave there.
1: Yeah, right. Tenru opened up the Super World of Sports gym for our business, but none of the guys that he raided from All Japan and New Japan can even appear, because there's still tons of legal action pending with everyone who quote-unquote signed. In fact, some of the guys, like uh, Noaki Sano, have actually gone into hiding to avoid litigation. <laughs> Damn.
2: Hiding to avoid litigation? I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. Usually it's hide to avoid the mob or something. Or I guess in this case, the Yakuza. Who do not exist, by the way.
1: Allegedly! I, I've heard people, like, when they know they're going to get served or something like that, they purposely, like, skip around and, like, try to uh, try to avoid uh, legal papers or, you know, the courts finding out where they are, or, you know, whatever. Like, if like, you it's... get
2: served, just dance back. Good God. You ever seen an episode of South Park? Yes. Like, what's he what's doing? Like, Stan got served. He danced back. You danced back? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I liked the, yeah, I liked that he would he would only dance to "Achy Breaky Heart" by, yeah. <laughs> by Billy Ray Cyrus.
2: Now there's a bullet right there. You
1: well, know, you're damn right, there is. Speaking of uh, American white boys, to the North American Indies, by the way, uh, in the USWA, it appears that Kerry Von Erich will indeed finish up his dates and then start with the WWF on July 17th at a T V taping.
2: And according if. Uncle Dave, he says this out of his own mouth on a documentary, they will never call him Kerry Von Erick, even though they do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the Texas Tornado.
2: Yeah, they like, never yeah. call him Kerry Von Erick, ever.
1: Oh, never. Didn't, like, didn't they mostly, like, they, they mostly called him Texas Tornado, but didn't they, like, did, kind of yeah. go back and forth?
2: They use it as a surname, actually.
1: Oh, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erick? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I can't remember how they did that. I know they just advertise later.
2: Them. They would just own the tornado, but
1: right. Yeah. Cause I remember that. Cause there are like trading cards and stuff where it only says Texas tornado. And there's actually a Carrie Von Eric Mattel toy. And then there's a, a Texas tornado. Yeah. Mattel Which toy. are
2: worth like 300 bucks a piece. If, if you're lucky to find one. Good
1: God. I mean, I'm not shocked, but good God.
0: <laughs>
1: Either way. Uh, so Bruce Hart was, has given up on the stampede wrestling again and he will be restarting the promotion in August under a different name. This will not be the last time he tries to reanimate that corpse. He just did couldn't remembered series
2: 1993.
1: Uh, I don't believe so, no.
2: Okay, so he's not in archives.
1: No. Uh well he he is sort of because we did um Canadian Stampede and he's in the, and he's, like, in the front Slam
2: ninety four. Yeah, he was there too.
1: We haven't done that that show yet, but uh, yeah. I can't remember if I put that in the lineup this year or not. But either way, yeah.
2: Last year, and then we're going to repeat it this year, because apparently it's a thing now.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I I've, I've found that out again. I, I looked ahead, because we've had some issues, uh, as any frequent listeners you know. you quit saying we? Okay, well, I say we as a generalized term, but sure, me, I had some issues with it. Gosh, <laughs> way to throw me under the huh? bus, a-hole. Uh,
2: most well, all, you know, you, you pissed me off and make me watch Bachelor the Beach 2000 twice in my lifetime, dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, you deserve this. Did you watch it live? I did. Okay, so maybe you've seen it three times.
2: I think I have now. Yes.
1: Yeah, there. You're welcome. All right. I just gave you a present. How dare you disrespect me yeah, like well,
2: that? Well, I, can I get the gift receipt on that, please?
1: <laughs> uh, by the way, we do have uh, our very first SummerSlam of August, and it's a it's a five week month or a five Wednesday month, whatever. So we've got a total of six shows if you count the bonus. Really, that'll
2: drop right when I finally see your ass again. I get to slap you for. American Bash 2000.
1: Ah, oh, come on! Like I said, I gave you a gift, and you're just like disrespecting me. I I don't I don't understand it, and I don't like it. All right. Either way, uh,
2: God gave me a gift called the present. I'll keep that. Throwing yours yeah. back in the water. That's one like of the guppies you don't want to take home.
1: How dare you? Uh, last <laughs> story I've got here. This is like, man, uh, this kind of sucks. Apparently, Chris Champion has retired from wrestling and now works kids' birthday parties and the occasional indie show as Cowabunga the Ninja Turtle. This is not to be confused with Brian oh, Hildebrand's God. gimmick in Smoky Mountain Wrestling.
2: Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> dude, can you imagine? Can it's I, that... I turtle wax the shell for you, dude? <laughs> oh
1: my God. It's, it, it's that Spider Man meme where it's like the Spider Man pointing at each other, but it's like Johnny Ace and Cowabunga the Turtle. <laughs> He's like, huh? Cowabunga, dude! He's like, cowabunga, dude! No, cowabunga, dude! They just keep going back and forth.
2: I, ever, I think I'm pretty sure I said this to you, but uh, me and a friend we were at um, we were at a show in the Staples Center it was either NXT or Survivor Series that year. I believe it was there, or maybe it was with you. But we walked by a a locker room door, not a locker room, like a there's like a door upstairs, like where we were going to our seats, and it just said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the door and on his paper. Huh. Remember?
1: No, I, I don't remember that.
2: Yeah, I think it was a promotion for the turtle movie that Seamus was in. Cause I remember them coming. out. Oh, yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. I forgot. I, I forgot he was in that movie. It's been so long since I watched it. <laughs> and now isn't John Cena voicing that same damn character. I have no clue. Yeah. Cause there's that new one coming out where, uh, uh, it, yeah, it looks bad and it's by Seth Rogen. So I'm probably not going to watch it, but uh, yeah, I think John Cena's voicing Rocksteady. Wasn't that wasn't that who Seamus voiced was Rocksteady? Uh, yeah. Or, or not not voiced, but played, I guess. But yeah, because Bebop is the other one, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, either way, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to get into this event? I actually am. All right. Well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, it is when we come great back? America
0: it's great american bash time follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector
2: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your name oh uh, i'm alan, alan. oh, yeah yeah, oh yeah. yeah yeah we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah the that. mother same mother and father your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Share the room. We right? share the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go yeah. way back, mate, yeah. yeah.
3: We should do a podcast then.
2: Uh, we have. We do, we do a we podcast. We do a
3: podcast. What's it called?
2: The... broadcast Yeah, that was planned. Yeah,
3: yeah, well... What do we do? K-A-S-T really
2: hey. yeah, It's alright, good on you yeah.
3: Instagram also at the Broadcast
2: Podcast Remember, we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly, mate. Take it easy
1: Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks And we're back We're back it is nwa wcw great american bash 1990 took place july 7th 1990 and the tagline was the new revolution the venue the baltimore arena in baltimore maryland and the attendance was 14,000 at and a buy rate of 1.70 so all in all not bad uh the we opened the show with a ton of pyro blowing off in the arena and then we go to Jim Ross and Bob Cottle on commentary.
2: Bob Cottle. couldn't ah, He
1: he wasn't great, but I don't know. I just I didn't totally hate him.
2: He was the equivalent of Gerald Briscoe, man. He was listening to him, be asleep.
1: Ah, I kind of liked his voice, where he was like, "Well, now," but he had like nothing really to offer. But maybe he gets you the sweet say. old. Maybe he gets the sweet old man pass or the. Uh, the vintage, like classic old school pass where it's like, eh, I didn't hate him. Plus, uh, Jim Ross and, and Tony Schiavone, said they loved working with him. They were great friends with him. Uh, they thought he's, he was an awesome dude. He's another one. Nobody has anything negative to say about him, but I that he's boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, letter. Okay, the, the, the other dude holding the microphone, I think is in this uh, hot take people skewer me for, it, but I think Gordon Sully was effing boring as all crap.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was,
1: every time he did commentary, man, it was just, uh, that makes me baby.
2: laugh. Jim Ross calls him the grace of all time. Like, really?
1: A lot of people do. Like, I thought Lance Russell was better than him and not crapping on Lance Russell, but like, comparedly, like from that time period,
2: I am not know. Gorilla like was better it. than him.
1: Yeah. I, that one comes down to your taste, I guess, because gorilla didn't call a lot of moves, but you know, it was like the, the Vince McMahon school of commentary. It's like you just make a lot of noise, make it seem cool and, and, uh, big deal. Yeah, like,
2: all the way the Millennium Falcon, just push some
1: buttons. (laughs) Yeah, right. What a maneuver! This is a happening. That was my, my least favorite thing Gorilla would always say. It's a happening. Like, shut the F up, man. Like, yes, it's happening. We get it. Like, it's not happening. But either way, I just now realized this man, this, uh, this card is bookended by Nature Boys. Because oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> the real one and
1: the fake one in that order. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because we get the, the real one here, Nature Boy Buddy Landell, taking on Flying Brian in about nine and a half minutes to open the show. The crowd like, the crowd here had to think that Landell was just doing some bad Ric Flair impress- impression. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had to. They're,
2: and we're they in Baltimore, by the way. That's a pretty big Flair city. so
1: Right. You had a nature boy in the main event. The one that they knew since 1983. And then along comes this guy. How
2: come, how come her didn't have him cut his hair off and call himself Spartacus?
1: Uh, because nobody gave a damn about Buddy Landell. <laughs> well, I
2: That's will say... my point. Why ask the question?
1: The thing with him, man, like, he, we talked about this with the Iron Cheek. i want to talk about Dad Bod here, man. Like, he looked like he was going to like stand there eh. shirtless at the grill, gut hanging out. I will say this. his he-
2: back with the same uh, thing you use to flip your burgers.
1: Good God. <laughs> I-, I will say this, though. He had a Starcade main event in tan. He was never going to get within sniffing distance of the main event, but.
2: And he had some of the best hair on this car next to the beautiful Bobby. He
1: did. Well, and you know what uh, Arn Anderson always says? He said, fat looks better tan. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> But uh, it, he said that's why he always tanned, whether he was in shape or not, because he's like, you know what? Fat looks better tan. <laughs> like, hard to disagree. But in the end, Fly Brian wins off of a flying crossbody off the top. Uh, I actually dug this one. I gave it two and a half stars for average. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters. Let's say you.
2: I gave it two. It was fun. And did yeah, you know, did you know that in case you didn't hear Jim Ross, that Brian Pillman played for the Bengals defensive end? Oh, yeah. Now, well, what college did he go all, to? Tim? All night, dude. <laughs> all freaking nights. Everybody went to college somewhere. Well, of course.
1: Well, where did the Iron Cheek go to college? Well, he went to Iran U. Huh?
2: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds dirty, Iran U.
1: <laughs> he, he played for the Iran U Arabs. Uh. But we hear from Gordon Sully for a moment before going to the next match. Which, speaking of this you guy, know what
2: I also noticed. By the way, this is going to be all night too. I kept wondering, like, does this person get different music or something? After everybody won, they played random music. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, they played random things for uh, a few different people. I was like, did you really have to dub over that music? Like, what kind of? Because a lot of it just sounded like generic uh, production music. You know?
2: Well, it was. That's what I'm saying. Because even these guys, they had their actual entry in music. They would play a different song when they won and they were leaving.
1: Yeah, that's weird. weird. Yeah. But uh, up next here, it is the Iron Sheik versus Captain Mike Rotunda.
2: Right. Yeah. So I guess uh, the uh, the Horsey uh, Club's abolished, but he's still got less than he's the captain. Well, right. not that well, kind of captain, a boat captain.
1: <laughs> yeah, here he's wearing like a little <laughs> sailor cap, ta- like he's the freaking skipper. Like, yeah.
2: What? Like, is that okay? This goes... So, uh, it's a far cry from You better pay your taxes.
1: Yeah, right. This goes from six, uh, four, six minutes and 46 seconds. Iron Sheik starts off choking Mike Rotunda with his robe to start the match. The uh, ref tries to stop the Sheik from tre- cheating a few times. At this point, the Sheik can still kind of somewhat move. So there's that. You hop, hop on the, the second
2: rope. I pose.
1: Right. In the end, Mike hits a backslide and really fights to keep the Sheik down for that pinfall. Uncle Dave gave it three quarters of a star. I gave it a star and a half. I felt that, you know what, Mike tried really hard, man. What say <laughs> you?
2: I, I gave let's see what I gave I gave him it one. It was not good.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't good, but I will say this. I've seen not good. out of the chic. Bad. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Uh, yeah, this was, <sighs> like, it was just shy of Bowling Shoe Ugly. And I think it's because Mike Rotunda worked his ass off to make this, like, you know, somewhat presentable. But we go back to Gordon Sully, who calls up Harley Race to talk to him about his upcoming match with Tommy Rich. Somebody say something about fired up.
2: <laughs> the only times I said that when I was watching it with a mutual friend, he kept looking at me like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Like,
1: I don't know if he actually said that. I haven't watched a lot of Tommy Rich stuff. I know. Blasphemy.
2: Well, Michael Hayes backed it up. (laughs) Did he? He say says something about fire. Yeah, I've heard him say that before. That's where you got it.
1: Oh, good God. Okay, well then there you go. Because I know every time he's mentioned on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he goes, "Somebody say something about fired up." I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) 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 But either uh, either way, uh, Harley Ray says that Rich beat him in the past for the NWA title, but tonight he's a one of the eight.
2: By the way, he lets you know. One yeah. of the eight times.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, but he uh, also says that if Ric Flair's head isn't in the game tonight, he'll surely lose the Sting. Cool. By the way, you notice this is all like went the way <laughs> of the Dodo. Like WCW used to do this stuff all the time where it was like, hey, uh, I know we're talking to you about your match, but uh, comment on that main event. Oh, it has dude, that, to do that's with
2: one of my notes here. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, Why is this whole thing about one match when there's other matches going on? I mean, I get it's the main event, but like they everybody did a- has to have an opinion on the main event.
1: Well, you remember uh, Starcade 83. They talked to ev- everybody else's interview time boiled down to, what do you think of this other match that has nothing to do with you?
2: Well, see, I'm willing to forgive that because there's not much going on in 83.
1: Right, but it's like these people had matches going on. Like, it, I guess when you're talking to the celebrities and the people in the crowd and wrestlers who yeah, aren't on the show. That I get. Yeah, But if you're talking to somebody who's actually got a match, it's like, yeah, yeah, your match, whatever. But uh, what do you think of this main event? Like, who gives a damn? Like, I realize it's for the world title and it's the marquee match, whatever, but I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> F them. Up next. It is... Like,
2: not one person, by the way, said, well, I think whoever wins it, I'm next in line. You know, that would be uh, too obvious.
1: Yeah, right. They did that in 83. Remember, uh, D- Dusty Rhodes actually said that. He's like, whether it's Harley or, uh, or, or Rick, you know, I'm, I'm next. Like, you know, something like that. That
2: makes sense. This, nah. We're going to 2023 it up. I got next.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, but up next is Dirty Dutch Mantel versus Doug Furness.
2: Right. First of all, do you know Dutch Mantel wrestled in a sweater?
1: Oh my God, <laughs> that's one of my notes. I said, uh, <laughs> oh, I'll get to my note here in a
2: minute. And second, did you know that Doug Furness is from Oklahoma?
1: Oh, I, you know what? I wasn't paying attention to commentary during this one. <laughs> uh, I missed a lot. Holy cow. Of course, effing Ross mentioned that. Boomer effing Sooner. Yeah, well, he's a far cry from teaming with Phil Lafon here. But this goes uh, about, it goes 11 minutes, 18 seconds. And I said quite the damn contrast here. Mantell is pasty white, out of shape. Looks like he's wearing a sweater while he's shirtless, and he has a long mullet and a big beard. Meanwhile, Furnace is in great shape, tan and dolphin smooth.
2: And has a perm that your mother would be jealous of.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, Farrah Fawcett was like, whoa. But in the end, Furnace tricks out uh, Mantell while they're uh, still while they're running the ropes against each other. He hits a belly to belly and wins. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it dose. What say you?
2: I gave it one. This was boring. By the way, yeah. what was the timestamp on this?
1: Uh, 11 minutes, 18 seconds.
2: I'm like, this match went way too freaking long, dude. I was getting tired.
1: I'm wondering why this was on pay-per-view. Like, really? No
2: explanation. That's neat. I mean. There's no package or anything, so.
1: And as far as I know, this was like Furnace's, like, debut, or at least they made it seem that way. And why was... Dutch Mantel on the show, man. Who could have possibly given a damn?
2: I just, I forgot he even wrestled. I'm just so used to seeing him as a manager.
1: Right. Well, this was uh, a few years before he went off to be Uncle Zedekiah. Who was who that for? Uh, the, the Blue Brothers or whatever? And, or?
2: and then eventually JBL.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that part. We now go to Gordon Sully again, standing by with Jim Cornette. Hornet jabbers about other matches on the card and then talks about the Southern boys. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you hear this promo? He was going to be a, a country star, but
1: oh, he yeah. didn't sing
2: because someone want to slit his throat.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, he had to stop singing because of his throat. Somebody wanted to cut it. I'm like <laughs> <Yeah>. Holy God. <laughs> but he says there oh, that the man. Southern boys are pretty good, but they're not good enough to beat the Midnight Express. He says that they may be, uh, they may uh, someday be champions, but today is not that day. Yet another good oh, yeah, Jim Cornette they, promo. They would. Yep.
2: Well, he gets a lot of negativity for his views nowadays, but man, people, people tend to forget he's still one of the better talkers in history.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I loved his promos, man. He always did good stuff.
2: He makes uh, some also, good money as a freestyle rapper too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I always loved. Uh, I was like the Southern Boys tag team. I'll kind of get into some stuff with them in the match, but. Oh there's a yeah
2: yeah, there's something more to talk about in in this match. We'll get to
3: it. So.
1: they need to they need to stay the young pistols, in my opinion.
2: Southern boys. <laughs> well, I guess that leads in all gonna say. I, I guess the young pistol, I mean the southern boys make more sense with the Confederate flags on them. I'm like, I'm surprised that Peacock didn't edit this off.
1: <sighs> yeah. yeah I guess and there's a, cut there is
2: another one coming up later that's very egregious. So I, I can't believe that got on camera. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's coming up in a couple of matches here. Yeah. It
2: is, yeah. I mean, how? Like, how? It's on camera I and you're focusing on it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Some interns getting fired. They missed that.
1: Uh, they probably had the same thought process, like, with the ECW stuff. It's like, you know what? Uh, you're going to get some swears. You might get some races. Uh, you know, it's like, people know what they're tuning in for. <laughs> but I'm shocked they didn't give, like, a, one of those trigger warnings. Yeah, right. Like, because they, they sure as crap did with Judgment Day 2004. Now in the archives. Like, really? A very you give a, recent archives. You give a, uh, <laughs> like, uh, just a ton of, like, turn back now trigger warnings for that. Not for this? That
2: was just blood, right?
1: Uh, no, I think it was, I mean, personally, I thought it was about uh, uh, the JBL promo. Uh, where he's just running down right. about Mexicans and whatever. And, oh, and, uh, well, none of you can understand what I'm saying because you're all illegals and whatever. Like, mother of God. <laughs>
2: Anyway, uh, uh, we now go to this. I'm sure my dad even laughed at that. By the way, yeah, my Mexican father probably thought that was hilarious. So. <laughs> Just saying.
1: But this is wildfire. Tommy Rich, say it. Dawn, say somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> he's taking on Harley <laughs> Race. And it goes six and a half mm-hmm. minutes. Harley Race looked at Tommy uh, Rich. And was like, I,
2: before I forget, did you catch them talking about his attire? Yeah, got i got to note about on. that, actually. Like, right, Why do, do you think he's got that on? And me and my buddy said, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just too damn cheap to go buy some new stuff. I'm not going to acknowledge where that's from.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my first notes here is, uh, well, first, this goes six and a half minutes. Harley is wearing one of his purple singlets from his time in the WWF. Jim Ross excuses this by saying that he must be a fan of the Sacramento Kings.
2: Yeah, we got a kick out of that, too, obviously.
1: <laughs> like, what the hell?
2: Because, you know, in 1990, the team to be a fan of was the Sacramento Kings.
1: Especially when you're from Missouri.
2: <laughs> yeah. I ain't got a basketball team. Do they? Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, n- not that I know of.
2: St. Louis? No, yeah, I Kansas-
1: think so. Yeah, I was going to say, Kansas City would be the, t- uh, the place. So, Or, yeah, St. Louis, I guess. But
2: Well, if Parley was alive today, he'd be very proud of his Kansas City voice. And I hate saying that, but...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, in the end, Harley rolls through with a crossbody to pin race for the win. Or, yeah. excuse me, pin rich for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave I gave this two and, two and a half stars. I gave it a star and a half. It was meh. Let's say you.
2: I gave it all star. It was dragging, but then it mercifully ended.
1: It was an old man taking on the personification of unbuttered toast. <laughs> it's just.
3: Damn,
1: <laughs>
2: why? What a dick <laughs> yeah am I wrong? I didn't say you were wrong. I never said that. you want everyone let's do it
1: I feel like the name Wildfire is like ironic. <laughs> it's like there yeah. ain't nothing fiery about this guy
2: because when I see him, I run like I would from a wildfire. I live in California by the way.
1: Wow. <laughs> good God, yeah, I don't know, man, like I feel like the conversation before this match was what's your move? And Rich was like, I'm going to do a crossbody." body. It's like, I'll move.
2: <laughs> I'm fired up.
1: Yeah. Somebody say something about fired up. I got my stogie fired up. We now <laughs> go. Speaking <laughs> of stogies.
2: We you never notice by the way, Harvey Race never changed his hair until he became a manager. He had the same freaking hair his whole life.
1: Yeah. It's just that fro.
2: Yeah. It was either a high or low fro, but
1: although he, and when he managed
2: Vader, he, he kind of got like a mullet ish.
1: Yeah. We now go back to Gordon Sully staying by with Polly Dangerously and his client, Mean Mark Callis.
2: Uh, I'm going to say something I've never said before. I could not stand this Paul Heyman promo.
1: Yeah. Well, Polly shows a Lex Luger shirt where Lex is flexing. He says if Lex no, tries... he
2: says about to flex. I'm like, he's clearly flexing on the damn shirt. What do you mean about to?
1: Yeah, it's like, how do you, how do you photograph somebody that's about to flex? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just got that look to him? Yep. Like, good God. But either way, he says that if Lex tries flexing tonight, he'll have his head ripped off and mean Mark will spit down his throat. And then Mark tears the shirt apart just to show Lex how it's really done when you're trying to tear a shirt apart.
2: So they are reminding us once again that the stars are on the other channel. (laughs) Good gosh. I will say, if people don't get
1: that reference, showing Lex how it's done, uh, people need to look up Lex Luger versus shirt and stuff (laughs) like that. It's it's hilarious. It's on YouTube. yeah. Up next, we get the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. They're defending... Sweet <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they have Jim Cornette in their corner defending the NWA United States Tag Team titles against the Southern Boys of Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. Uh, this goes. Steve Armstrong
2: doing his greatest Michael Bolton impression, by the way.
1: <laughs> My gosh, I didn't even think of that, but now I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this goes for 18 minutes, 14 seconds. So the rebel flag is on the trunks of the Southern boys, and they wear Confederate soldier entrance gear to the ring. So that didn't age well. And I don't know how it flew back in 1990.
2: Yeah, it was a lot more loose back then, I guess.
1: I guess so. Oh, God. But the Midnights jumped the Southern boys right off the bat for a jump start. Stan Lane and Tracy Smothers get into a karate fight at one point, and the crowd goes oh, nuts yeah. for it.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that because I was like watching this, and like I've seen like quite a few Midnight Express matches, but I did not know Stan Lane was a legit martial artist.
1: I, I think uh, I had no idea. They mentioned it on commentary a couple of times, or Cornet might. Yeah, mention that's it. I picked I up on
2: it and started doing like the stances and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's why you always see him in matches like doing like kicks and crap like that. So I, I know they. I had, this might have been the show I heard it on, maybe but either way uh so i i figured they were doing something like this because the karate kid literally came out a year before this so that was over
2: you know how many times i said sweep the leg during this match (laughs) good
1: god well for them it's like hey you there boy uh sweep that there leg
2: you look like one of them pretty blonde white boys from the 80s
1: (laughs) right look look at that mississippi waterfall man But in the end, Lane kicks Smothers in the back of the head. Eaton rolls him up and wins. Uncle Dave gave this four and three quarter stars. I gave it four. Let's say you.
2: I gave it four. This was amazing. And That's you know what? There's I don't think there was as much Cornette interference as I would, would have thought.
1: Right. Yeah. He, he got involved like um, once, maybe twice at most, but it wasn't never, like significant.
2: Never even used the racket. Although there was a moment where it looked like
1: he did, but he didn't. Yeah, that kick to the uh, when Stan Lane kicked him in the back of the head, he like swung the racket, but he never yeah. actually connected. Wasn't even close enough to fake it. So <laughs> they were just like, hey, I kicked him in the head. But yeah, man, this was really good. Both teams were, were awesome. I wish like if, if they could have changed the gimmick up a little bit, maybe. Uh, I think the Southern boys were really good. Thought they were a good unit. But we go back to Gordon Sully again, standing by with Michael P. S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin of the Freebirds.
2: Yeah. Let me paint oh, a mental
1: picture for everybody. There's
2: a, there's a couple of things in this match. I man. good grief.
1: Uh, yeah. Let me <laughs> paint a mental picture for everybody here. So they have glitter. <laughs> like they're covered head to toe in glitter, which, by the way, is the makeup equivalent of herpes. It never go, goes away completely. Uh, <laughs> but they have women's makeup on like I'm not. They have like pink lipstick and like some. Eyeliner and just a bunch of whatever. Like they went hardcore with it. Hey,
2: whatever. You know, The Undertaker was eyeliner, so whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, this is. They also have like eyeshadow on and whatever. It look like. Uh, I just want to make
2: sure we're not painting the picture wrong for people we who think we're going somewhere with this.
1: They look like Mimi from. Uh, from uh, yeah. Carrie Show. <laughs> it's like kind of like uh, that. So they're <laughs> also wearing sparkly pants and suspenders, to which I, I? have to say. What. The. fuck? <sighs> yeah, so that, um... There you go. But they basically say that they're all revved up, ready to go, and they're ready for the Steiners. Fired up! Why the hell did
2: they look like this? I don't remember this ever being a favorite thing, honestly. I mean, yeah, they were always flamboyant, like, you know, like pretty deadly, but they didn't put on makeup, I don't remember.
1: Yeah. Uh, which would le- this would lead to a certain um, situation in uh, their their match coming up.
2: But first, uh, yeah, a couple of one of them <laughs> me, Jim Ross, I don't know if you caught that. But.
1: No, I probably didn't.
2: It's I, crazy I, that this got on TV. Jim Ross, by the way. That one. Yeah. <laughs> well, up next
1: is the Z-Man taking on Damn the debu- taking on the debuting Big Ben Bader. So this was a squash match. It went two minutes, 16 seconds.
2: My first note here is how did Vince not love the Z-Man more? Dude, look at him. Yeah, right. Look
1: at him. Uh, maybe he heard him talk and was like, God dang it. He <laughs> sucks.
2: <laughs> Holy crap. I
1: mean, he did, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's, um,
2: I mean, people grief. are wondering what I mean. He just, he looked like he was chiseling a stone.
1: Yeah, right. He he was always ripped in great shape. Tan had like long, like flowing black hair. Had the he had the the model good looks that you know you figured Vince would just like cream himself over. God dang it, pal! We can put him on magazines, like almost like a bigger
2: Yeah, That more, damn microphone! I'd be putting his face.
1: Yeah, right. He was like a, a He almost looked like um. Wow, like sort of like Rick Martel. maybe a bigger Gino it Hernandez. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there you go. I don't he was not wrestling quality wise. He was not That luscious Gino,
2: jet black hair. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was not uh like we compare him looks wise, but uh, wrestling wise he was not Gino Caron, uh, uh Gino. Uh, Gino Hernandez or um, uh, Rick Martel. Uh but
2: well, not think you know, He was bad either, though, to be fair.
1: No, he didn't suck. He just wasn't great. There's a
2: history of people like to write about him and make it sound like he was the worst piece of crap ever. And I know you highly dispute yeah. that.
1: No, no, he he wasn't awful. We've seen way worse. He had some acceptable matches. Uh, What was it we covered recently? Was it? Uh, let me see. Russell War 92. That was it. I skipped it. That sounds right. Yeah, he was. He took on Brian Pillman. Russell War 92. Uh, yeah. I I expected more out of it. I'll say that it didn't suck. It was just kind of like, eh, you know, it, it is what it is. Before the match, Vader got like his full entrance. He's in his Japanese gear here, by the way, so he doesn't have the strap mask left uh, yet.
2: First he's thing got I'm that. doing, first thing I'm saying, I got that Mattel figure. Yeah, right. <laughs> I pulled I pulled a Troy.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got his uh like the, the black mask with like the red looks like lightning almost on it. And yeah, something... the mask. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he didn't get the red strap mask yet with the Vader time and all that. So uh and he comes out with a full like samurai bowl gear, whatever. I don't know how to describe it. And Ross that, calls it uh, a
2: Japanese samurai, something like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I didn't think about that until we mentioned it. And I was like, ah, yeah, I could see that. But he's like, sets it down and the steam blows out of it. Like, it was it was awesome. He didn't have his cool WCW theme yet. I, I loved his WCW theme. I thought it was awesome.
2: I actually but, thought uh, it was better than his WWE
1: theme. Yeah. Was, I love his WWE theme, but the WCW one was just like
2: awesome it felt like a monster walking out like if you, if you see godzilla or king kong right it sounded when, like a marching anthem
1: yeah and when uh like because i i'm hearing it in my head like with a uh, Starcade 93 when he came out to face flare you know like big fight feel and then that that music hits and uh, awesome. which
2: is, uh the world's most dangerous announcer called announcing it <laughs> yeah right did we touch on that by the way the, the, the first thing you hear on the show world's most dangerous announcer
1: yeah. Um Gary Michael Capetta. Uh Jim Jim uh, Cornette actually talked about why it is that they call him that. He said I he said I might have been the first guy to call him that. And uh he asked Derek him. One
2: day, hates it. He thinks it's pretentious to make him sound stuck up.
1: I get. well I guess it was what uh, kind of uh,
2: asshole is the real name, Gary Michael Capetta.
1: <laughs> I
2: I've heard of that. Honestly, I was like I always thought he knew, I always liked his announcing, but I mean I guess
1: Well when uh, uh, when Cornette was talking about, he said, uh, Gary asked him one time, he's like, so why do you call me that, by the way? Just curious. He's like, well, because you put, like, your everything into your announcing. He's like, and it sounds like you're, like, going so hard, you're going to hurt yourself sometimes. <laughs> he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess that's a uh, reason. <sighs> but anyway. I just uh, you to
2: legit kick your ass. Right. You never know. Don't just take one look at the warning. Assume.
1: Right. But Vader dominates the Z-Man and wins off of a body splash. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I give it a star because it was a pretty impressive debut. Let's you.
2: I'm going to give it two only because it was designed to be like this.
1: Yeah, and Vader looks strong. Uh, Z-Man got a couple of hits in, but in the end, Vader just uh, he whooped that ass, man. <laughs> I always loved Vader. I, I Sucks it. Uh, by the time he got to WWE, he was just kind of older and broken down at that point. But uh, now we go to Garrett. Uh, uh, you Courtney know,
2: so- it's everyone's dreams to make it to there, so we least he got it.
1: Yeah, it's one of those, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who, like, you know, like, a uh, baseball player, twilight of their career, they go to a, a team, and it's, like, just basically a DH.
2: Uh, yeah, Frank Thomas, he did that with the Oakland A's. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the greatest hitter in history, one of the greatest hitters in baseball. Definitely on the White Sox. Yeah, over here.
1: But Gordon Sully is now standing by with Arne and Arne and Ole Anderson, Sid Vicious or Vicious Sid.
2: Okay, okay. Um, mutual friend wanted me to ask you, how old do you think Arne Anderson is in this promo right here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I he I looked it up and told me, "Can you believe he's this year, this old?" Is promo? Wow.
1: Uh, I mean, eyeballing I, I, him, I'd say he's pushing forty, but I know that's not yeah. right.
2: <laughs> I think he pointed out to me that he is younger than you are right now. I think that's what he said.
1: Yeah, okay, so this, <laughs> good God. That, that show was in 1990, and he's 64 years old right now, so that would be 32 years ago. Oh, wow, so, he, so he's my age,
2: yeah. Oh, he, okay, he is your age. Okay, okay yeah. still, man, hey, it's like saying this, but he's not age well.
1: Dude, he came out of the womb at 40, all right? <laughs> Like that's what, that's what everybody said about him. They're like, that's why, <clears throat> that's why they told, uh, I can't, he was wrestling under his real name and a bunch of other names and junkyard dog looked at him one time and he's like, anybody tell you, you look like only Anderson. And he's <laughs> like, Oh, all right. And he's like, I never thought about it before. And, uh, then he actually, well, got that's, the goat.
2: that's kind of unfair. Cause you know, a lot of black men don't age. Maybe <laughs> <It can laughs> well, a different example.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Arn said he finally was getting called up to, uh, uh mid-atlantic i think where uh where Oli was and people told Oli about this and he gets there and Oli takes one look at him and he goes my god you do look like me holy shit <laughs> and he's like well we need a gimmick for you he's like uh you're arn anderson he's like oh all right
2: so, Arn. there you go and uh, they go with the whitest thing possible for the old white guy had like that arn
1: Well, hey, before, that, you,
2: well hey, before
1: that you taken before that you you had uh Gene and, uh, yeah, Gene and Oli.
2: Well, Oli's okay. up there too.
1: Yeah, hey, Gene is a white ass name. Okay, the original are the the original Andersons were Gene and Oli, and then they you got. Remember,
2: like, do, you remember of, do, you, <laughs> do you remember that episode of Friends when Chandler wanted to change the name and they tried to make it Gene?
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like what, what like, kind of name did I pull off? Gene.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "What was the one he came up with?" Uh, oh, I remember that. He was like, Damn, it's weird. like no, I'm you. that show." And he's like, I'm whatever. And he like says his name and like he walks away and uh, he's all. And mad. Jay,
2: like,
1: <laughs> yeah, Joey's like, see you later, Gene. No, he's or, like, or, or what's up with Gene? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're not God. cool
2: enough to pull off whatever name he said.
1: Mm hmm. <sighs> anyway. Well, uh, Gordon Sully, though, is standing by with Arne and Ollie. Uh Sid Vicious, Barry Windham and uh, of the Four Horsemen. The Four Right. Uh Windham says that Oli has devised a plan, and Oli says that Jim Hurd may have most things figured out, but the horsemen have a plan to make sure that Rick Flair leaves tonight as a world's heavyweight champion. This is
2: where I'm like baffled, because to my knowledge, they never mentioned Jim Hurd on TV.
1: Yeah. yeah
2: or like, even every Man, of for that matter.
1: Oh yeah, they never mention Vince unless like in a commentary, you know, kind of way. But up next, this is the most uncomfortable match of the night because of the fans. It is the Fabulous Freebirds of Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin taking on the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott. This goes 13 minutes, 45 seconds.
2: I gotta say say something. Go Blue. Uh,
1: How about you eat ass? Um, But this one is yet another contrast in the looks because you've got this ultra-masculine Steiner brother team taking on the metrosexual... Uh, and, and,
2: and I'm thinking right now, at this point, we're watching it. I'm like, man, Rick don't like them two right now. <laughs>
1: oh, man. this is. I, uh,
2: I get it. If you want to know what he's going to look it up. Wait, who
1: do you say wouldn't like him? Steiner. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> and again, like if people want to know what I mean, go look up Rick Steiner and what he did at Russell on? I ain't touching that, but
1: yeah. Well, I gotta add this.
2: Allegedly,
1: but anyway, it's true,
2: We still don't see no video. Yeah, look,
1: people got mad at me for saying this. Like, how dare you? I'm like, okay, I'm just being logical about this here. Like, this is in a room full of people, and cool not parts. yeah, not one person had a <laughs> camera, and nobody is backing the story up.
2: And you know what Everybody, I told my buddy, too, when we were watching this? I said, like, do you remember when you and I were at the one in uh, New Orleans? Yeah. Like, ten minutes after we left, that, thing, that stuff between Jake the Snake and Harry Smith happened. Yeah. There was, like, ten camera angles on it. Uh, like, why? Like, they get him they get for that, but not this?
1: Yeah, and this is something that people would have jumped all the F over.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Especially if he's, like, sitting there doing it for a while. And, you know, and, and nobody from the event, by the way, none of the marks, bro, uh, reported on it. So it's like easily disproven.
2: I want to make it clear: I'm not defending. I'm not agreeing. I'm just saying there's No video or nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, there's we live in zero a great
2: country in the United States where it's uh, beyond reasonable doubt, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, well, it's just I don't know. If, if I have not seen any, heard any audio, seen any pictures, videos, nothing. I one person had an account of this in a room supposedly full of people.
2: And, and, here's, and here's where my issue lies. It was, all, it was all on Twitter, which apparently is the gospel.
1: Yeah, well, nobody outside of Impact, by the way, is backing any of this up. And nobody from Impact is actually saying they saw or heard or anything. They're just saying, oh, well, we believe them. So, that, that's that's it. Again, if it really did happen, it, you know, whatever. It is what it is. You know, you know, it's awful. But I just would like to see proof before I completely throw this dude to the wolves, you know? Yep. but. Well, you know what they say, though, Greg.
2: Me, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but either way, the Freebirds jumpstart this one. The camera focuses on a bunch of fans in the front row chanting the "bundle of sticks" word at the Freebirds.
2: A three-letter f-bomb. If you don't know what that is,
1: oh no, they were well, saying the the
2: th- yeah, three letters whole thing, the six letters.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if people don't know what we're talking about, I mean,
2: look don't. Up, I don't get thrown
1: off. Now look up the, uh, you know, euphemisms for a bundle of sticks on Google. Just, you know, go do it. It's the one that starts with the letter F. There you go.
2: Isn't it, uh, uh, like, French or Italian for cigarettes?
1: No, that's the three-letter one. That's, uh, that's oh, British. Yeah, British call their cigarettes that. But no, the like, the long, like, the full word, well, that's a bundle of sticks. And I think that's also British. But either way, I can't believe, to your point, they... Focus on this.
2: Yeah. They're like, pan in the crowd. They focus right on them. You can see them mouthing it. You know, I. It's all yeah, you're just hearing it and seeing some other fan. Now you see the one that's saying it and they're mouthing it.
1: Yeah. Cause I heard it. I was like, oh my God. Cause it took me a, a few seconds. I'm like, what are they chanting? I'm like, oh my God. And then they show them. <laughs> I'm like, so they're not even like, oh, let's focus away. No, no, no. <laughs> they're into
2: it. We got homophobia and racism on this show that did not edit out.
1: Well, hell yeah, man! But Ryan
2: Piper and Xbox Blackface gets edited out. You know what? Rock and roll, man. I guess. so. <laughs>
1: oh God, this was
2: bad. And then uh, oh, you said you didn't catch it, but in the middle of the match, Jim Ross says, "Oh, I think the freebirds are fitting well in San Francisco."
1: Oh my gosh!
2: That was on TV. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Woo, <laughs>
1: more homophobia from the straight from the. <laughs> uh, from Jim Ross himself. Good God, man. Turner Either Turner
2: way. standards and practices has been talked about by Bishop for years, but clearly they were noise on their game, huh?
1: Yeah, right. They're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but Jimmy Jam DDTs, Scott, but he's not legal, uh, Jimmy that is. So Rick then hits an over the head belly to belly suplex on Michael Hayes, pulls Scott on top of him, and the Steiners win. Uh, I gave this three and a half stars. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter. What say you? I gave it three. I actually really like this match. I
2: did too. Not as much as another tag match, but I love this match.
1: Right. This has got to be
2: Normally I would rate the signers higher than almost anybody, but not this night.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I'm not a big fan. I think it's canceled out by the Freebirds because I am not a fan of the Freebirds here. I, I just, I'm not they've never put on a match where I was like, oh man, that was great. But I will say, see,
2: I was going to say that earlier about Harley race, but I didn't like crap from anybody, but people praise him. Like I've never watched a Harley race match. Man, this guy's awesome. Now I see why everyone loved him.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And the Freebirds. I, I just, I don't get it. They were always doing something. They were always champions. And I'm just like,
2: eh. no, it's, it's, it's probably like, um, uh, like nowadays you see someone like, uh, Roman. I mean, he's not Daniel Bryan. It's not going to ever be. Yeah, It's like sometimes it just changes over the years of what's acceptable and great. Yeah,
1: and I don't think the Freebirds sucked. I just thought they were kind of boring in the ring, and they would always get these long-ass matches. I was like, why, man?
2: I never looked at them and thought, workhorse.
1: Yeah. Uh, Even when Michael Hayes struck out on his own, I'm like, please, no. But... I'll be honest. My
2: best memories of him are as Doc Hendricks. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah. Um he he never he never impressed me in the ring ever. I, like I said, I don't think he was ever I don't think he ever sucked. I just he was
2: Yeah, the gorgeous of head of hair, I'll give him that.
1: Damn right. And that effing mustache. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was probably one of my favorite Freebirds matches ever. I that's not exactly a crowded field, but there you go. <laughs> right. But Jim Ross and Bob Cottle now talk to us, uh, try to talk us into ordering uh, Halloween Havoc 90, which is about four months away. They talk forever until the next match. And then we got this. Look, the party couldn't last forever. I'm <sighs> just saying. But this is the four horsemen of Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Sid Vicious, or, and Sid Vicious. Uh, they are taking on the dudes with attitude. Junkyard Dog, Paul Orndorff, and El Gigante in a six-man tag-team match. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, man. This
1: goes about nine minutes. <sighs> so, let me paint a picture for you people. JYD is severely out of shape here. Uh, yeah, that oh. hurts. See. Yeah, he's huge.
2: I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, he, makes, this- uh, he makes Science Sheik look like uh, olive oil.
1: yeah uh this is why it's stuff like this why dave referred to him as the junk food dog besides that paul orndorff's right arm is about half the size of his left arm like it's pretty damn noticeable here and it sucks i'm not like haha f you like i'm just like it it sucks man in the end the horseman tossed jyd over the top effing rope for a disqualification Yay. El Higante then comes in.
2: Lazy
1: and, fish. Yep. El Higante comes in and uh, sort of tosses Anderson and Vicious over the top rope in like the sloppiest. F-ing I'm not going to lie, possible. dude.
2: I didn't rewind it, but I missed it. I mean, I'm watching it and I feel like I missed it.
1: Yeah. He, okay. Here's the thing. He's like halfway across the ring, gives like the lightest shove possible to, to Sid Vicious, and he sells it like he got shot.
2: Yeah. So, and when I look back up, by the way, I see. I don't know who it was. Someone like Arn Anderson over the top rope, and that's what I thought was the finish. I'm like, oh, they win, right? Like, what yeah. did I miss? Like, what the hell did I miss?
1: Yeah, El Gigante. That was the other one. He tries to toss him, and Anderson has to do all the damn work. <laughs> like, dude, like, like, God dang, man, sucks.
2: This is his debut, by the way. Gigante, and he never yeah. even got in the match legally. <laughs> Matter of fact, his biggest part of the night is still to come. Believe it or not.
1: Yeah. And this was a big thing, by the way. They kept building it. Oh, if he gets in the ring with, with uh, the horseman. Like, that was the big thing. And he didn't get in the ring with the horseman at all. Obviously, we know it's because he sucked and he was green. But why book it then? God damn, you didn't have to. That's why, like, when I always hear that, oh, what, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. Not book it. Like, that's a perfectly acceptable option.
2: Well, they had to, because reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, either way, uh, Wyndham then takes a powder, because Eligante has no idea what to do other than flex, kinda. <sighs> Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it a star and a half, because everybody else in the match besides Eligante, let's say you.
2: I wanted to give it zero, but you know, I don't do that, so I gave it one.
1: Uh, definitely the worst match on the card, I'll say. Suck! <laughs> But either way, there is that. But we now go to Gordon Sully standing by with Lex Luger. Lex says that it's a lot easier to tear apart a T-shirt than it is to tear him apart. Really? I I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is this Lex Statesy obvious now? Still making it. Yeah, right. That son of a bitch. (laughs) But uh, he then basically talks about how ready he is for tonight's match and blah, blah, blah. Who gives a crap? We now go to Lex Luger defending the NWA United States heavyweight title against Mean Mark Callis with Paul E. Dangerously in his corner. I want that Mattel figure of Mean Mark, by the way. Do you ever get it?
2: Yeah, you go to the right target, you get like six bucks now. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm on clearance everywhere.
1: Nice. Well, this went about 12 minutes, and uh, this was the match where Mean Mark told Vince McMahon to watch when scouting him for a job. Mark was apparently hurt and he didn't do as well as he had hoped. And Vince initially passed on him because of this match.
2: You know, uh, I think it's going to work out, though.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess he was uh, ready to like wash his hands of him. He's like, nope, I don't want him. He's just another you know, goofy big dude, whatever. And he, he's not going to fit in here. And uh, I, I think it was Bruce Pritchard said he had to like convince him. He's like, please, just, just talk to him. Just please do it for me. Vince was like, all right, pal, God dang it
2: just funny in hindsight, you gotta be convinced to sign that man.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yeah, and then he said he must
1: be a, he must have charmed his ass off because after that meeting, they were like, best of friends and Vince couldn't wait to put a contract in his hand. Like, damn. Did he fillet him? Griffin one? Uh, yeah, Uh how about you come work for me?
3: And it ends with, Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. <laughs>
1: Uh, well unfortunately in the end they never drew a dime
2: oh he's coming out know. of an egg
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would have been perfect come on now
2: we see the the last dance with him or what do they call it not the last dance the last ride oh yeah he was, he was adamant I'm coming out of that damn egg
1: <laughs> <laughs> like he wanted to or
2: no he was saying like oh god I'm coming out of that
1: egg <laughs> oh I mean, the, the, the track, like history of the WWE, I would have been like oh, I'm coming out of that F and egg, aren't I? Like, I, I? I can't put it past him. Plus, I mean, honestly, that gimmick they gave him was kind of cartoonish and goofy. Are oh, you going to be an old-timey wet, old West undertaker? Uh, OK. Like nobody could have made it work like him. He just he had that aura about him. People. I've got said that about in. a million times
2: <laughs> in my life. I mean, this shit was destined to fail. It was stupid right never, never mind i'll shut up
1: yep yeah that undertaker gimmick just like oh it's kind of like uh, you and i laughed it's like oh man who the hell is going to get over with the name seth rollins and we were like "Oh, can you imagine that on the wrestlemania marquee <laughs> seth rollins
2: yeah, like, like four times now
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right uh i also right, I'm that, now. i also thought that bianca Belair was going to be a flash in the pan boy was i wrong because I, when I saw her down in NXT, I'm like, eh, she's got kind of a novelty, goofy gimmick, and boy, she's like so-so on the mic, her matches are blah. Now she's like, probably my favorite female wrestler in the world.
2: She's usually one of the best matches on the card, at least exactly. as of last weekend at Backlash, she was. Yeah, right. I mean, even Cornette said that. Yeah, Anyone I mean, knows him? Yeah, that takes a while to break through that bowl, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, at one point, Luger gets mean Mark up for a torture rack, spins him around, and Mark's boots knock the ref down. Paulie then runs in and bashes Luger in the ribs with his brick of a cell phone. Uh, Mark then goes, uh, gets a near fall off of a cover from that. In the end, Mark goes for a running heart punch, but Luger kicks him in the face, knocks Paulie off the apron, hits a running clothesline, and then wins to retain his title. Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you?
2: I, I gave it three. I thought it was really decent, really good.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was decent. Uh, I've seen better. That finish, though, I'm like a running clothesline. That's it. Like, okay. You
2: know what's funny? I, I I thought about um in the previous match. What was the previous match again? Uh,
1: it was I wrote a tag this down. Match. Or
2: no, no, it was a six man. Yeah, it was a six man. Yeah, um, so I was like you know, uh, no respect to Sid, because you know I love Sid, but you know. Kalos faced Luger here. Sid and Elie were in the previous match. He would be in WrestleMania with two of these three guys. And one of them is not Luger. (laughs) 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 I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, Uh, right. (sighs) Yeah, no, Luger was too busy losing on the undercard to the world champion at WrestleMania 10.
2: (sighs) Which is one of the ones he wasn't even at.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's weird to think that The Undertaker wasn't on WrestleMania 10. Like, wow. Shocking. But either way,
2: he also technically had some kind of match with Arn Anderson because he got this spine buster from WrestleMania 18. So there's that too.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That got like one of the biggest pops of the whole damn night, too. Anderson running mm. in. I think some people were like, holy crap, Ric Flair's going to do it. Of course, he did. I
2: certainly thought so.
1: Yeah. The horseman did it again, damn it. One more ride. But we now go to footage from earlier in the day where Gordon Sully was talking to Sting in the locker room. Sting says that he's got everything going for him tonight, and everything's set up just the way he wants it. Okay? Now, this, this was a good use of interview time right here, Greg.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Hey, Sting, we're going to put a microphone in your face to say some shit.
2: I don't think any interview on this entire show is necessary. None no, of them no. accomplish a the damn thing. No?
1: It's it just, like, wasted time. Ah, shit, we need a, we need some jo- we need a job for uh, Gordon Sully, damn it. we got to justify his paycheck. <laughs> Ah, uh, so Sting, do you plan on beating him with a vertical suplex? That's the thing I will always remember about Gordon Sully. Is just the way he would never say suplex; it was a suplex. Effing weird man. was a
2: suplex. I know it was suplex.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But up next, it is Doom of Ron Simmons and Butchery
2: Team of Doom.
1: Right. They have Teddy Long in their corner, and they're defending the NWA World Tag Team Titles, because we got the U.S. Tag Titles earlier, against the Rock and Roll Express. You want to talk about a a contrast in looks here, man? (laughs) (laughs) Got the scrawny little white boys with mullets, and you got the big jacked up black guys. They
2: rip a mountain in half.
1: Yeah, right. uh, This goes about... Uh, That's funny you say that, because on my notes, I'm like, I don't
2: remember Butch Reed being this big. In WWE. I feel like he gained some muscle mass when he went over.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I it's it's hard to say, because it really is the land of the Giants. Like, you see some people made the jump, and it's like, wow, I didn't realize you were that small. It's just uh, kind of contrast. But yeah, he he might have lost a little bit of muscle mass. I feel like he, like... <sighs> He could have went further. I feel like WWE wanted him to go further. But I think um, I think it was Pritchard said he just kind of lacked motivation. I think he no-showed quite a few times. And they were like, yeah, we're done with you.
2: I don't Which, know why I heard know. it, but there's something about him was supposed to win the Intercontinental title. They won't haunt Hawkman said that pissed him off.
1: <laughs> well, uh, was, uh, who was it? Because uh, they said, supposedly, there was some legend where he... Um, he no-showed a match for the IC title, and uh it Brett was walking around? Like, Hogan was like, like he just happened to see Brett or somebody, whoever it was, walking through backstage. He's like, what about we put it on him? Because uh, it, well, it was... Brett would have s- been too early, so... Yeah, I can't remember who the hell it was. It might have been Honky Tonk, maybe. It was Honky Tonk, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... So- yeah, which Reed just flat out no-showed, yeah.
2: Oh, I assume he was going to beat Ricky Steamboat that night fan
1: I I thought Butch Reed had a cool look. Like, I didn't. I don't know if I really dug the blonde hair, but it was different. If anybody like during that time, people would have remembered this. If anybody remembered uh like in the territories, they had people like Sweet Daddy Siki that is a black guy with bleached blonde hair, almost white. So at that time, it would have been somewhat relevant. <sighs> but either way, in the end, Teddy Long gets involved and distracts Robert Gibson as a ref is distracted with Ron Simmons and Ricky, uh, Ricky Morton. Which Reed then hits a diving clothesline off the top to Gibson and pins him to win. Uncle Dave gave this... Oh,
2: go ahead. You notice know, all the mullets in this match, you went the black man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a curly black mullet right there, man. That is high. feeling it, man. I loved tight. it. Hell yeah. I mean, how, how could you not?
2: And then you got the how... rock and roll. Like, you no, know, they're rocking and rolling with those.
1: Damn right. They're, their mullets were always high, and tight. <laughs> like, that was... Like, it was impressive, I got to (laughs) say.
2: Talking tighter than your mom's purse strings at Target.
1: (laughs) Good God. But, yeah, Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it three. I actually really like this match. I like the contrast in styles. What say you?
2: Yeah, I gave it three,
3: too.
1: It's fun. I dug it. We now go to footage from earlier in the day of Gordon Sully standing by with Ric Flair. More wasted time because... Flair says he's got a new custom suit for tonight's celebration. Oh, now, hold
2: on. Any promo with Flair has never wasted time, so I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, dog. <laughs> yeah,
1: he just says the same thing every time. I got a, of, got a lot of money. I got a new suit. You suck. I'm the man.
2: Hey, MJF is one of the top guys wrestling right now, and he says the same thing every promo. And people love him, so...
1: Yeah, that's so, true.
2: I'm better than you. I'm from Long Island.
1: That is correct.
2: <laughs> the usual stuff. <laughs> You
1: can't outrun the Jewish. <laughs> you can't outrun the Jewish. I just want wow. to hear him like one time he needs to go off on an opponent. And be like, you can't out wrestle the Jewish. I would. I'd lose it.
2: Or Maybe like Paul the, Heyman, in case you don't know, they'll tell you every time that they are Jewish.
1: Exactly. I want to hear another one uh, like uh, you know, like at the end of a promo. He just like exclamation point. He'll be like Judaism, son, and then drops a mic. <laughs> that'd be fantastic either way we're getting off on a tangent <laughs> or i am but he actually puts sting or puts nice over Sting. Yeah. uh he, he puts over sting for coming back from a supposed career-ending injury to challenge him for the uh for the world title he says that sting is hungry however he's the man and tonight he'll be the man one more time and that takes us to our second to last break of the night. Uh, on the other end of this, we're going to get into the world title main event match right after this.
0: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event
3: collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the apron bump podcast. Ugh another wrestling podcast how many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push who doesn't need a push who brings Vince's coffee these days enough the apron bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, Uh huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard.
1: Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks. And we're back. We're Time for the main event. It is Nature Boy Ric Flair defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Sting. This goes six minutes, six seconds. So, the Steiner brothers and the dudes with attitude are allowed around the ring.
2: Oh, you got the oh. name right. It just ticks me off people call them dudes with attitudes. There's no S on the end.
1: That's stupid. Hey, yeah, I didn't make well. it. <laughs> well, Ole Anderson is only allowed to be there if he's handcuffed to El Gigante. So, uh, El Gigante makes him stand up almost by the stage. He's like halfway up the ramp. Uh, I... Wanted to say, I have a, I have Mattel versions of both that Sting and that Ric Flair. I do too. I don't have the robe with Ric Flair uh, because that one, or no, maybe I do. I don't remember which one is which because I got a couple Ric Flairs like from the same time period. One came in that four pack of the Horsemen I bought in uh, Brooklyn. I
0: don't
1: know. Yeah, then there was another blue one. I think he can't Yeah, I think he came with a black robe. So the horsemen try running out at one point, but are held back by the dudes with Attitude. In the end, Flair dodged a flying knee to the corner and went for the figure four. But Sting rolls through with a small package for the win. Uncle Dave gives us three and three quarter stars. I give it three and a half. Let's say you.
2: I gave it three. Pretty good. What was what was Sting going for that knee? Because that was I never seen him do that ever.
1: Yeah, it's like I was thinking he was going for the stinger splash, but I'm like, well, you can't excuse that, because he literally leads with his damn knee. Like, was... The only thing I could think was, like, did you see he was moving at the last second and readjust to, like, pushing the blow with your knee? I I don't effing know. I'm trying to put logic into it. It was random, but you know what? It worked. And they kept playing up how Sting just came back from knee surgery, so, you know, Rick, uh, Rick would have the advantage, you know, going for the legs, so... It was cool.
2: Yeah, I remember watching this when I was a kid. It took me all the way back, man. I had my Sting yeah. shirt on, I had my Sting Galoob. I was going <laughs> nuts. And that was that was a couple days ago when I watched this. But uh, Hell yeah. Oh, no, I remember I was like going nuts, man. And you know what I also realized in watching this? That in a huh. co- within a couple of months span, the Blade Runners took down the top two guys in all of wrestling.
1: Wow. That's true. <laughs> Sting should have been first, but he got injured. So they put it off until this event, because I I want to say it was originally supposed to happen at Starcade, and they had to uh, Starcade '92, the one where he faced Luger, or not '92, '89.
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because uh, I know you and I, you and I reviewed Starcade '90, '92. Blah blah blah. I'll
2: it double is, check that because it is you.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. We uh, no, we didn't do. Starcade 90, uh, 89 but i'm pretty sure that was the event and he said because they threw luger in at one point and he and uh flair was like no i promised the title to sting so he refused to drop the belt to luger so i don't know but this was uh this was still fun yeah i couldn't okay it must have been a different event because sting was at Starcade. it was at future
2: shock i think it was going to be uh, super brawl in fe- february
1: yeah, because Sting did face Ric Flair in the main event and beat him. It just was non-title.
2: Oh, you know, lord, WCW.
1: Right? I think it was a tournament, bro. Yeah, it was some kind of some kind of freaking damn tournament. What the hell was them with with them and wasting Starcade on this garbage? And it's in the Omni. Anyway, uh, people can correct me, and I'm sure you will. I, I, I can't remember exactly what event you know he was supposed to drop it at, but
2: well, actually.
1: either way Uh, the baby faces jump in the ring and celebrate with sting as tons of pyro lights off sting then walks up to the stage while more pyro lights off over the entryway Gordon Sully meets sting on the stage sting says that his mouth is really dry which I feel like is TMI (laughs) Uh, he then says that Ric Flair is the greatest world champion of all time and he's got some big shoes to fill he's going to do his best and uh, he's going to do the best that he can to fill those shoes Sting says that Flair won all six championships with the Horseman. I mean, no, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he says that he's still the greatest champion ever. Sting then comes back to the ring to celebrate with the cro- or for the crowd while more pyro blows off in the rafters. With all that pyro, it's like, uh, you know, no wonder you're going, uh, you know, running in the red.
2: I don't know if you caught it, by the way, but Sting was kind of over here. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs>
1: He won like every award and trophy and everything else known to frickin' man in this company. I don't think he was ever the US champion though, was he?
2: I feel like I remember him being US champion later. Yeah, he won a tournament it's... for that. The Crow Sting? No, before that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, so I
2: feel like he won a tournament, bro.
1: So I guess I just just so I can get it in one more time before the end of the show, he says that. Rick Flair won all six championships with the help of the Horseman. No! <laughs> but either way, that's the end of the show. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's coming up in the future of the podcast.
0: Follow the Main Event Marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector.
3: Hey, gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around tss fantasy the fantasy show of the people hello everyone my name is ryan mccarthy and i'm the host of the no credentials required podcast start your work week with the monday drop-in where i talk about the sports beat in the capital district also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York Sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, bellyupncr, and facebook.com forward slash bellyupsportsncr. We're a part of the Bellyup Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
1: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time, y'all. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.48 out of 10. I rated it way higher. I give it an 8 out of 10. let Let's say you?
2: I was a little torn on this because like what was that? You're acting when I was a kid. I mean, oh this is a solid A plus, but <laughs> Probably a C minus.
1: Yeah, I would have given no, it a... No B minus, not C.
2: Yeah. But it was it was fun.
1: I would have given it a B minus or a B somewhere in there. So yeah, I mean it's it's good. It's good. Good. But yeah, this is uh this is a fun show. Uh, I enjoyed it. There was, there was enough on here to keep me interested. Um I liked all the two on two tag matches. Uh I liked Lex and me, Mark. Uh, let's see. Vader's debut was historic. That was pretty good.
2: Was <sighs> that Everything match that else... went too long?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, was that buddy... remember? Or wait, which one was it?
2: It went way too long. I forget which one it was off the top of my oh, head the, now.
1: The tag match? No, it was a one on one match. Mm. let me see. Uh, Dirty Dutch and Douglas. Yes, yeah, I
2: think it was Dirty Dutch no, and yeah. Doug.
1: That one was, like, over 11 minutes long. Yeah. Way too long for that kind of crap, especially when you're trying to introduce Furnace as, uh, you know, the world's strongest man.
2: From Oklahoma.
1: Nice. Yeah. And then you, then they had to drop Tommy Rich and Harley Race on there. I realize they were legends in NWA, but ugh, yuck. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to get offended. The Tommy Rich fan.
2: He's up. <laughs>
1: That is only one of two shows we're covering in this week, by the way. Speaking of NWA, this Friday, we're bringing you a June bonus podcast.
2: It ice is, Cube and the homies.
1: It is NWA TNA uh, first anniversary show from 2003. Y'all, you can actually go watch this right now if you go to uh, their YouTube channel, if you want to watch it and then hear us review it. Sometimes that's fun.
3: Or you can I hear like us review watch. It.
1: yeah uh now a shirt on our bonfire store go check that out or you can hear us review it and then go watch it one of the two but either way it's there for free on youtube
2: my favorite price i'll buy anything at that price
1: my favorite f word (laughs) but yeah so that's the june bonus coming up this friday nwa tna's first anniversary show from 2003 it was Technically, their first Slammiversary, but they didn't call it Slammiversary until, I want to say 05.
2: It was 05, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they had the first and second anniversary show, and then they changed the name and made it a pay-per-view. So there you go. Uh, but we're also wrapping up June next week. This one definitely has not been done. June 28th, we're bringing you WWE's Money <laughs> in the Bank 2018.
2: <laughs> you have to reassure yourself.
1: <laughs> I do. I've been burned too many times, but I've, I've, I've double checked. I I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm basically Santa Claus at this point. Cause I'm making this list and now I'm checking it twice because all of these have not been done yet. I, I checked. All right. So we're, we're cooking with gas now, but June 28th, WWE's money in the bank, 2018, the only real big significant thing on that show that I really wanted to cover was AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura Again, so uh, looking forward to covering that. Look, this isn't one of SmackDown's brightest times in history, I'll say, but it, it it's a it's a time, Raws either for that matter. But either way, we'll cover it all. We'll make it fun and if if it was painful for you guys to watch it uh, five years ago, we'll make it fun. So thank you for joining me today, Greg.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we will see you all this Friday with. TNA's first anniversary show from 03 and next Wednesday for Money in the Bank 2018.